John in the book of Revelations got a glimpse into heaven. And he said, I saw people from every tribe, tongue, and nation praising the Lord. And today we got a little taste of what that's going to be like. As I shared over at Mount Anna this morning, today is the realization of a, tree, a dream that started almost a year ago. When Dr. Jerry Corbett and I sat down and had lunch and talked about our lives and our families and our ministries, but we talked about the things that are going on in our nation today. The cultural divisions, the racism, the hate. And we decided that as brothers in Christ, God was calling us to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And that's what today is all about. So would you join me in giving a joint Cedar Creek and Mount Anna warm welcome for my friend, my brother, Dr. Jerry Corbett. Love you, brother. God bless you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, let's give God praise this morning. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. All praises to our God, the Almighty, all-wise, all-knowing, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God, for He is worthy to be praised. Let's lift up our hands. Let's lift up our voices. Let's lift up our hearts unto Him because He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. He is worthy of all our praise. Yes. Glory. Yes. You can be seated in his presence. God bless you this morning. And I'm extremely happy to be here because this is the realization of a dream that Pastor Lee and I shared for the last year most. And we're glad to see it happen. We're glad to see it come to fruition. And today, I just give God praise and glory for all that God is doing in our midst and for what God is doing in our community and what God is doing through our churches. So we give God the glory. I do honor God today. I honor my brother, Pastor Philip and uh, Mrs. Lee. Thank you so much to all of those who've been working mighty hard this morning since uh, around 7 this morning. Thank you so much for making everything work and making us look good because all we have to do is get up here and talk to you. So that's, that's good. That's good. Thank God for your band and praise team over at our church singing so well. And thank God for our choir and praise team coming. Thank you so much for agreeing to do something out of the box. So we thank God for it. Yes. I want you to know. I want you to know right now that... Look at me. I'm a soul brother. <laughs> I am absolutely a soul brother. I grew up in the Shaft area, era. I grew up in the Fred Williamson era. I grew up with Afros. I grew up, man, when you were talking like this, right on, right on. That's, that's what I grew up doing. I grew up understanding a certain thing. 
I grew up understanding that if you wanted to be cool when you went to school, you put your pit, your pick that had a fist on it in the back of your afro, and you walk down the hallway like this. That's what I grew up doing. I grew up understanding that the Jackson 5 had the baddest band, that Marvin Gaye had the smoothest voice, that Al Green had the sweetest lyrics, that the stylistics had the best falsetto. I grew up understanding that in the Wilmington area, the radio station would say we are men with music and not boys with noise. I understood a whole lot of stuff about being a soul brother. But besides that, I understood this from a child because I learned it from my parents. I understood in the midst of all of that, though I had soul in my scroll, I had limp in my pimp, I had pep in my step, I understood that I was a Christian. And my parents, thank God for them, they still live, both of them. And they taught my four brothers and sisters and I that we were part of a bigger, a larger community. They taught us that we had to fit in a world where other folk were already there. And they taught us as young Christians that we were to love everybody despite our differences. See, in this day and age, it's our differences that are driving us apart. In our day and age, it's our differences that gives us a reason to be at odds with one another. It's our differences that cause us to take sides. It's our differences that causes us to assume a certain posture and stand there and be adamant and defend some causes. And those differences bring energy but most times that energy is a negative energy because we look at every reason why these differences should drive us apart and we waste a whole lot of time trying to figure out what's going on and why we should stay different. But today, that same energy is being reversed. And instead of being put out in a negative way, it's put out in a positive way. And in this positivity, in this room right now, I can truly say without any, 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 uh, just any kind of reservation that you're my brothers and you're my sisters. Because of the simple fact, we might be differently in a whole, we might be different in a whole lot of ways. We might be different politically. We might be different racially. We might be different ethnically. But as it concerns the greater kingdom, we're all one. And I want us to re understand in this community, in the Banks Mill worship community, that yes, we are one. In case you live in a cave, or in case you have hermitized yourself, and you are a complete recluse, it does not take much effort to see the divide in this country. Every day, 
we're reminded of reasons why we should not like each other. And those differences are clear. It's because of race. It's because of ethnicity. It's because of a whole lot of things. But today, I want to remind us of just who and whose we are. I love Paul's writings because Paul's writings have done a lot to shape my theological stances. Sometimes I'm glad with Paul. Sometimes I can't figure Paul out in his writings. Sometimes Paul makes me scratch my head. But in Paul's brilliance, Paul understood that he had a task to take the word to those who were unappreciated by the greater church. As a matter of fact, Paul was disregarded at the mother church, stayed away for a number of years. And in that time that he stayed away, he said, I did not confer with flesh and blood. But God gave Paul a revelation. And that revelation I want to share with you today in, in part comes from Galatians chapter 3. Paul's writing and he's halfway through his book now, has six chapters. In chapter 3, verse 28, something sticks out at me. Paul gives us these words. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For we are all one in Christ. The next verse says, And if ye be Christ, ye are Abraham's descendants and heirs of the promise. What a wonderful statement that is for us to hear today because although we've identified some differences, those differences should not drive us apart. Those differences should not matter. Those differences should be the reason that we come together and appreciate the diversity in our God. If God can make me look the way he made me look, and God can make you look the way you look, we ought to not look at the differences and not appreciate it. When I see you and you see me, we ought to just praise God for his handiwork. We ought to praise God for his diversity. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God that he can make me dark and make Pastor Lee light, make my hair curly and make his straight. We ought to give God praise for that because in that we see the diversity of our God and we see God's ability and we see God's just his wonderful, marvelous diversity to make us what we are. And that should glorify God and it should be something that helps us understand. But in the text, Paul is having some trouble and the diversity is not being appreciated in the church at Galatia because the church at Jerusalem who tries to always bring out these differences, show up. And the leader of the church, Peter, comes. And Peter and Paul is at odds because Peter is trying to say the differences matter. 
Peter's trying to say that these differences matter so much that you need to change and be like me. And that you cannot know Christ without knowing the Jewish ritual first. So Paul and Peter, they are contentious with each other. In short, Paul tells Peter, get back to Jerusalem and leave my work alone. So here it is. Paul reminds this congregation that these differences don't make any sense. And these differences not making any sense, they don't matter. So now look at Paul as he spills his ink out. And he begins to tell them these differences don't matter. And he tells them three things that they should understand about these differences not mattering. Three things. The first thing Paul tells them in verse 28 is this, is that your race doesn't matter. He says there is neither Jew nor Greek. When God created us, race didn't matter. What mattered was the fact that God had made a human. I was reading the words of a speech given by a military chaplain a few days ago. And the words kind of said this. The only race that matters is the human race. And friends, you and I have to understand that though we're different, we're in the same ball field, we're on the same team, we belong to the same God, though we're different, we are together. And that, that, that to drive us, make us, mold us into what God would have us be, yes. We are together as one and we should do it like God wants us to do it. This is a true representation of what heaven is going to be. And listen at this. If we don't like each other now, God knows. We're talking about spending eternity in heaven. I got to deal with you forever and don't like you. Race doesn't matter. It does not matter. Now look at this. Socioeconomic status does not matter. Because he says in the text, it does not matter whether I'm bond or free. It does not matter whether I'm on the top or on the bottom. It does not matter whether you have it all and I have none, or I have it all and you have none. That doesn't matter. We're still equals. How much in this country have we divided ourselves by what people have and don't have? You can tell the differences about where people live and what they do. And it is time out for us to be able to ride through parts of town and tell, oh, that's a white neighborhood or that's a black neighborhood. What should it matter? It should matter that we're all brothers and sisters. It should matter that we all have a seat at the table of brotherhood. It should matter that the Lord Jesus Christ has given us an opportunity that we should take the time to love our neighbor, love our brother, despite how they look, despite where they come from, despite what they don't have. Are you with me now? Despite whether they're homeless, despite what they, where they come from, Despite whether they slept on the street last night, despite whether they didn't have a good shower this morning, despite whether they're going back to nothing, bless God, they're still our brothers and sisters. And we must appreciate what God has done. Your econo economic status should never matter. 
whether you belong or whether you are. Lastly, your gender should never matter. You know, people make a big deal about gender, about who should do whatever, whether a man should lead or whether a woman should lead. Well, in the text, Christ says, if we're together, it never matters. And as a male, I can follow a female if that's the case. Are you with me now? And females, you ought to never be intimidated by males who think they know it all, by males who think they're here to lead and they're here to, they're here to do whatever. But God has leveled the playing field. And in the text, it's clear that God has leveled the playing field. And that's verse 28. And it goes on to say, since the, level, the, the, level, the field has been leveled, look at this. It says that we're all together now because we're all Christ. That's verse 29. And then if we're all Christ, we are children of the promise. In other words, the promise is that God would save all of humanity. That God would redeem all humanity. White men, black men, all men, red men, yellow men, any kind of man, woman could have the right to be in fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. Are you with me here? And friends, what I'm telling you is in verse 26, it sets it off because verse 26 says, for we all belong to Christ. And friends, I want you to know today that since we all belong to Christ, we are all people of the promise. And since we're people of the promise, we ought to work together, live together, love together, stay together. We ought to make sure that God is seen in our midst. We ought to let every party know. I think there's enough folk in here to turn Aiken upside down. Oh, well, let me say it, to turn it right side up. I think... There is enough folk in here today to eradicate hate, to eradicate foolishness, to love one another. If folk would see us loving each other and we not be ashamed, if I meet you downtown and embrace my brother, hug my sister, if I share with you and I, 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 I exchange a holy kiss, listen at this, the world is going to see that. It's time out for you going here and me going there. If we're the church, we're supposed to go together, and we're supposed to do it. Listen at this. We talk about going to the same heaven. How can we go to the same heaven when we won't even go to the same Walmart? How? <laughs> so, friends, I rejoice today that you're my brother and you're my sister. And I don't just rejoice, but I rejoice because we've been made brothers and sisters, not against our will, because, not against our will, no, we were made brothers and sisters because it was God's will. And look, in my worship tradition, in my homiletical presentation, in the black church, we get down right about now, and we get our praise on. Because what we talk about right here, what we talk about right here is important. Watch it. What is it that's important right now? It's the fact that we are what we are because Christ made us that way. We are what we are because there's a place called Calvary. We are what we are because a man hung on the cross. We are what we are because at the cross is where I first saw the light and every difference was eradicated. Every piece of junk was gone and we rose alive brand new in Christ. And for that, he is worthy. It's because of him. It's because of Jesus.
because of Jesus that the Constitution can't set us free. It's because of Jesus that the Emancipation Proclamation couldn't set us free. It's because of Jesus that, look at this, I share with my congregation during the July months when we were patriotic, we go to school and say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. That can't set you free. So I gave them a remix of the pledge. And this is the new pledge I got. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb, God's only Son. Are you with me now? Yeah, for sinners he died, and for sinners he rose. One God with one mission who was making one people, one people to praise, one people to glorify, one people to lift him up, and one people to reign together eternally in a place called heaven. You are my brother. You are my sister. And let the church say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. We are one. We're one in the spirit. We're one. Oh, and I did not say, for those of you who are live screaming, what's up? And and (laughs) I tell you, I'm a soul brother, man. And so what I'm trying to tell you is I'm glad that we have this opportunity. I'm glad that we've had this time together. Our choir's coming back now, and they're going to close us out. And uh, we just thank God. Cedar Creek, Mount Anna. We share the same street. We're strategically located in Aiken. And that wasn't haphazardly done. But it was done because God had a greater will. Who knew that God would send two preachers that would work hard to make sure that we had one community worshiping together. And today, I encourage us not just to do this every now and then, but to do it. Pastor said, let's do it annually. And I agree. And you know, in my mind, annually doesn't have to be once a year. Are you with me? It can be multiple times. As long as we do it all, as long as we do it every year. Amen. God bless you today. Father, we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor, we bless your name. We thank you so much for this opportunity. God, thank you for reminding us that we are one. Thank you for reminding us that race doesn't matter, economic status does not matter, gender doesn't matter. We're all one in Christ. And God, it's in that oneness that we glorify you. It's in that one that we lift you up. It's in that one, God, that we here on earth have a piece of heaven. And having that piece of heaven, we have hope. Hope, and we anticipate in that hope that one day we'll reign eternally with you and we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor. Father God, I thank you for each one who's worshipped at both places this morning, and we pray that this fellowship gets even stronger, and our bond is even stronger, and we thank you, and we give you glory, we give you praise, and we ask this, and as as we separate and go our separate ways, we pray to God for your safety and protection during this day, and for this we'll give you praise, honor, and glory, and we ask it all in Jesus' name, and the church of God said,